Hey guys, welcome to the 50th episode, the season finale of the Scripture Study Project. Our podcast gives you a fresh and faithful study of the Scriptures that will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you are learning to others. I was really tempted last episode to do something like, next time on the season finale of the Scripture Study Project, and to put in some cool quotes from this episode, and it would have been really fun, right? That does make it sound like your radio voice is cool. I do have a radio voice. Remember the radio voice? that We actually had a friend tell us that my radio voice was better than yours. But actually now... That's because I don't unleash the true radio voice. I was going to say, now that they heard that one, Mm -hmm. you can't be beat. Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, (laughs) our podcast. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, we are actually really, really excited. This is the season finale where we are... Finishing the Book of Mormon, and we wanted to start this episode by telling you exactly what's coming next because we're really, really excited about it. So when we first started this podcast, um, even though the Sunday School curriculum was the Old Testament, we felt really passionate about studying the Book of Mormon as our starting point for the podcast. And we did consider changing it to the, the you know, to study along with the Old Testament with what Sunday School is, but we just kind of felt like... The Book of Mormon felt like the right place to start. Yeah. And we had plans next year to kind of move along more with the seminary curriculum and do Doctrine and Covenants mm-hmm. next year. But with the new changes to Come Follow Me and all of this home-centered church, we just really felt like... We want to be in on We've had a lot of listeners that have written in and said, hey, would you guys are you, are you study along it? with us? And, and we can't help ourselves we'd love to and so it sounds too fun yeah so we are be a re- what we really hope more than anything is just that we can be a resource maybe be like that little voice inside your head or in your earbud that's just kind of cheering you along and and we really hope that it can be something i know one of the things that zach and i were talking about just the other night was that we hope that it can be a community where we're sharing ideas and maybe we can be a resource to others by you sending in your experiences and what's working for you and your family where we can really just make this home-centered church this curriculum be a part of of your family in the best way possible so lots of things coming a new theme song which i'm really excited about but more (laughs) importantly than that we'll be studying the new testament with you um as kristen mentioned we would love we're going to work on creating a community of conversation about what's happening in our homes so that each week you're hearing not just from us but from other listeners from you on here's what we studied this week here's how it made a difference in our family here's what we learned about teaching this technique worked well we found this scripture really motivating and on and on and on we want to open this up and connect and and discuss and really fire each other up so that our study of the new testament with our families um, is exciting and thrilling and and brings us closer to to the Savior. And so. maybe that's partly selfish of us because we would just love to get your ideas because we, yeah, it's just fun to learn and hear what other people are doing. So please, if you've enjoyed this season and you don't yet follow us on Instagram or uh, follow us on your podcast app, whichever app you use, that helps promote this podcast to others. One of the secondary uh, motivations we have for this podcast is we'd love to spread our love for the Book of Mormon, our love for the scriptures to those that maybe don't yet have that fire and that passion. And so by you subscribing to our podcast or following us on Instagram, it helps promote that, our, our, our profile and promote that post so that more people can hear about it. Of course, the best way to spread 
this is by word of mouth. If you know someone that you would love to include in this community, not because of anything that we necessarily say or do, but just because you sense they might enjoy the passion and the the, the communal spirit of study that goes along with this, uh, link them in. Uh, give them give them uh, give them our link. Have them find us, listen to us, and uh, and let's let's go. Let's get started. So there we go. That's not enough of a season to <laughs> do your voice again. Next season on the Scripture Study Project. Yeah, that's a good ending. There you go. There you go. Okay, but this episode, we still have our last chapter of the Book of Mormon to study. Like Zach said, this is episode 50. We made it. We get to study the last chapter of Moroni today, which is, of course, just a great chapter to study. So we are excited to dig into that. So our last study tip that we wanted to share with you guys is... Just have fun. Make scripture study fun. I really hope that this podcast or these study tips or these teaching tips that others have shared and that we've been able to share have just maybe helped you break down the walls of maybe what you think scripture study should look like or maybe what you've traditionally, these expectations that you have built up inside your your little mind frame, whatever it is, or maybe what you think you should be doing. I think, I hope that we have break broken broke break breaked broken broken <laughs> i hope that we have been able to break those down a little bit for you and just to show you that scripture study really can be fun because there doesn't have to be a box mm-hmm. that you put it in if you really are just looking at it as a place where god gets to teach you and gets to speak to you about your life it is fun because it's fun to find out how God sees you and who he th- he thinks you are. So in making this practical then, how do you make scripture study fun? What are some ideas for making scripture study fun for yourself and for your for your family, for your children? Okay, so I'm thinking of just this Christmas season. We're doing a few different things, but one of them, maybe some of you guys have seen the product 25 Days of Christ. We have one of those. Each morning, my kids and I watch a Bible video together. And we do a couple other things at night as a family scripture study. But I think like, this is fun. Like mm-hmm. we're watching a Bible video every day. And of course, I don't always do that. That's kind of more of like a Christmas thing. Um, but I just thought this counts. And I'm going to put that counts in quotes because that's kind of a dumb thing to do. But you're like, but then I think like my kids are watching Jesus say his scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so that's fun to me. And they enjoy it. I think a fun way to study the gospel is when you're uh, invited to share it, teach it, explain it to others. And so if, uh, for, for older kids, um, or for anyone, I guess, any age, uh, with with access to the internet and social media, one of the really fun ways for people to study the scriptures is to study with someone else in mind. So a neat personal study would be, I'm going to read today, I'm going to study today in search of that verse or that idea or that teaching that I'm going to share with someone else, either globally on my feed or maybe to message someone individually. It's a great way to study as a family for uh, each member of the family to search a particular scripture block and think of something they want to share with the family and then something they could share with someone else. So again, another fun out-of-the-box way of studying the scriptures. Yeah, I have a, our actually our current Relief Society president, she was talking about, she has, you know, two married daughters, a teenager, a teenage boy at home, and they have a text chain that they they read they they still read together 
but it's just a text chain of conversation. And I think that is fun. Yeah. She gets these insights from her kids that don't even live with her. So I just think there's so many ways that you can... And it should be fun. Scripture study should be fun. If it's not fun, if it's not lively, if it's not passionate, then fix it. Uh, we got we were stuck in the mindset for a long time of we have to read the scriptures together as a couple every morning or every night. And we could never get it off the ground because it just wasn't fun. It just wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't lifting us Especially up. Especially then if like that box of like if you start feeling guilty about it too. Exactly. So So we've we've landed on things that have worked really well for us as a couple, that have worked really well for us as a family. And I think if we can remove those check boxes of what it has to be and just simply answer the question of what would be the most enjoyable and uplifting way we could study the scriptures as an individual or as in a family answer that question and there you go you're doing scriptures the way they were meant to be done one of my favorites i'm going to say one more this is getting long but one of my favorites and i think we've probably shared this is that elder bednar teaches about spontaneous teaching moments and i think as we make scripture study a little more fun and a part of our lives those spontaneous conversations and teaching moments um just become more frequent and more um not as forced. Can't mm-hmm. think of the word, but you know what Organic, I mean. Organic, natural. Yeah, more natural. Yes, as a part of your family, and I think that's really ultimately the goal. So, okay, uh, this week, I the Book of Mormon has been kind of in the epicenter. The Book of Mormon as a whole, as a book, has been at the epicenter of my thoughts. Uh, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts and uh, been a part of a couple of different discussions about the Book of Mormon. Some of them, of course, very faithful, and some of them quite critical. Um, even from a scholarly perspective, critical of the Book of Mormon, things that I've read and listened to. And so it's been swirling around my mind, and it's no, I guess, coincidence then that Moroni chapter 10, with Moroni's famous promise about the Book of Mormon, is the focus of our study today. Moroni uses an interesting word all throughout chapter 10. This is one of the few places where we get Moroni himself. Almost everywhere else, Moroni's quoting uh, his father, Mormon, or, of course, inserting the in the Book of Ether. So this is one of the few places where we get just Moroni speaking. And one of the indicators that it's Moroni is his word choice. He uses this word in verse 2 all throughout chapter 10. So here he is. I guess verse 1 and then verse 2. Now I, Moroni, write somewhat as seemeth me good. And I write unto my brethren the Lamanites, and I would that they should know that more than 420 years have passed away since the sign was given of the coming of Christ. And I seal up these records after I have spoken a few words by way of exhortation among you. I looked up the word exhort in the 1828 dictionary, which is the dictionary that was around when Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon. So this is the way that early readers of the Book of Mormon would have understood the word exhort, and it contradicted, or at least countered a little bit, the way that I viewed it. I thought exhort meant to command. But here's what the 1828 Dictionary says. To exhort means to encourage, to embolden, to cheer, or to advise. The primary sense seems to be to excite or give strength, spirit, or courage. Mm, It's a definition of exhort, right? And so Moroni starts in verse 3, Behold, I would exhort you. What we want to do in this episode is talk about three of Moroni's main exhortations here in chapter 10. These final, not commandments, but these final cheers, these final encouragements that he gives to us to strengthen us, to embolden us, and to give us courage in these last days that we're living in. The first one is the famous one, but I want to start in verse 3 because we always start in verse 4 and we miss the whole first half of Moroni's quote-unquote challenge. 
We always start in verse 4, that after you receive these things, you ask God. But that word receive relates to everything that's listed in verse 3. So you have to start in verse 3. If you want Moroni's challenge to work for you, you have to start in verse 3. So verse 3, Behold, I would exhort you when you shall read these things, which I think is the very first step, and it's a dust step, but the very first step in gaining a testimony of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon is you have to read it. Um, we had a our mission president on our mission told us that uh, if you give the Book of Mormon to someone and then you ask them if they read it and prayed about it and they told you they read it and they prayed about it, but God told them it wasn't true, he says, you look at them and you tell them you're lying. Either you didn't pray about it or you didn't read it. Now that happened to me a couple of times. We'd give the Book of Mormon, we'd tell someone, teach them how to pray and say, pray about this book. And we'd come back and we'd say, did you pray about it? Yeah, I prayed about it. What'd you get? I don't know. I, did, I didn't feel anything. It's not true. Come to find out they didn't even read the book. They may have read the introduction or the title page, but you can't know that the book is true just by holding the blue book in your hands and praying about it. So the first step is you have to read it. So after you read these things, if it be wisdom of God that you should read them, that you would remember how merciful the Lord has been unto the children of men from the creation of Adam, even down until the time when you should read these things and ponder it in your hearts. If you remember the beginning of the Book of Mormon, Nephi gave in his introductory address the challenge that we should think about the mercy of God as we study the Book of Mormon. And here's Moroni at the end saying, now that you've read it, I need you to remember, to think back, to ponder how merciful God has been to the people in the Book of Mormon. Think about all the different examples of mercy, how he's saved them, how he's loved them, how he's been patient with them, how he's given them multiple chances. And to think about that, to ponder it, to ponder it in your heart, to let it sink in, to feel emotional about it. And then once you receive these things, meaning you've read it, you've pondered it, you've remembered the mercy of God, you've thought about it, then Moroni says, I would exhort you to ask God in the name of Christ if these things are not true. And that's where verse four starts. Right. So um, I love Moroni's challenge, but it starts in verse three. And then when you ask God, you ask with that sincere heart, with real intent and with faith in Christ. And if you do that, he'll manifest the truth of it to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, we love to stop in verse five. We start in verse four and we stop in verse five, but verse five isn't the end of Moroni's challenge. He starts in verse three, but he keeps going after verse five. The goal of studying the Book of Mormon is not to find out if the Book of Mormon is true. Back when we studied Alma chapter 32, if you remember, the goal of planting a seed isn't to find out if the seed is good, it's to grow a tree and have the fruit from the tree. Well, similarly, the goal of studying the Book of Mormon isn't to find out if the Book of Mormon is true, the goal of studying the Book of Mormon is this. So after verse 5, when Moroni says, By the power of the Holy Ghost you may know the truth of all things, listen to the specific thing he wants you to know by the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 6. Whatsoever thing is good, or whatsoever thing is good, is just and true. Wherefore, nothing that is good denieth the Christ, but acknowledgeth that he is. And you may know that he is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, I would exhort you that you deny not the power of God, for he worketh by power according to the faith of the children of men, the same today and tomorrow and forever. The goal of the Book of Mormon is to bring us to Christ. The way that you know if the Book of Mormon is true is by the way that it feels to you, by your relationship with Christ. 
So here you are in episode 50. If you've followed with us from the beginning or you've joined somewhere in between, the question to you now is after having listened and hopefully after having studied on your own, thought about this, prayed about it, acted on it, and changed because of it, to ask yourself the question, do you now feel closer to Christ than you did at the beginning? Do you know that he is, that he's real, that he touches and changes lives? And if you do, then you know the Book of Mormon is true because it helped you get there. And more importantly, you've got a relationship with your Savior. I love adding on those extra verses at the beginning and the end, like you said, because it is that we focus so much again, like we said in, in that Alma 32 of, I mean, he's reiterating those things that we learned there of like, if it's just and true and good, that that's part of how the spirit manifests that mm-hmm. to us. I really love that. Um, moving on next, actually to that next verse down, verse eight is the next exhortation from Moroni. He says, and again, I exhort you, my brethren, that ye deny not the gifts of God, for they are many, and they come from the same God, and there are different ways that these gifts are administered. But it is the same God who worketh all in all, and they are given by the manifestation of the Spirit of God unto men to profit them. And it goes on talking about spiritual gifts. For behold, one is given the Spirit of God, one is given knowledge, healing, prophecy, all of these type of gifts. And you know, I'm pretty sure that I have talked about this in other episodes, but I think if there's one thing that I have learned, especially over this past year, and these, these verses for me solidify that, um, that teaching that God works in abundance. He gives, he has so many gifts to give to the world. There's so many different, um, talents and abilities that are needed to make things work. And I was thinking of um, in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians, that chapter on, on spiritual gifts, where Paul is teaching about the, using the spiritual gifts as an example of the body. Um, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, talking about the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Um, every part is important and every part is needed. In fact, I have really been feeling this way. We have a lot of road construction that's been going on near our house and all of these bridges that are going up, you know, they build these intricate kind of underpasses and overpasses. And it's so fascinating to me. Um, and maybe I appreciate it. My dad is a civil engineer, so maybe I can kind of feel that side of it, but not only like the designing part, but these men that are out there that just build it. And then here we are. And so I was thinking of it that way. Like, you know, we think of maybe some of these more prestigious careers, like, you know, people, brain surgeons or these people saving lives, which yes, so important, but the people that are building the bridges help people get to work. They Mm -hmm. help the ambulances drive to places to save people. And I almost get emotional when, as they were putting up some of those bridges. I really was because I just thought like, Krista cries we every need time she these people. Bridge. Or every time like I use a toilet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like how grateful am I for people that know how to do plumbing? Like mm-hmm. that the sewers work and the, okay, that I'm, I'm just going to be going off on my... Well, on I my think, tangent of this. I think this, there's but... a principle here too with these with the gifts. There are some mm-hmm. gifts that are very visible. Yes, right? exactly. The gift of exceedingly great faith in verse 11 or the gift of healing. 
Those are really visible, powerful gifts. But there are some that are not quite as visible, but equally as necessary. Um, for example, the gift, it, it mentions the gift to know um, and the gift to believe on those that know. And for me, that's one of the gifts that I feel I have is a gift to believe those that know, a trusting spirit. It's not as visible of a gift, but it's been really beneficial to me and I think helpful to to those that to I know and love. around, yeah. yes, for sure. Um, in verse, this is back in Moroni, verse 17, and all these gifts come by the Spirit of Christ. All these gifts. This is to everyone. All of these gifts. And how I love the eye, the body analogy. It's just perfect. The eye is important. The fingers are important. Every part of our of the body of Christ is important because every part is needed. And that really when we are understanding what gifts God has given us and who he wants us to be, we play a significant role in who he wants us to be. So again, I'm going to read verse 17. And all these gifts come by the Spirit of Christ, and they come unto every man severally according as he will. Verse 18, and I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that ye remember that every good gift cometh of Christ. You are of worth. You are of need in God's kingdom. He has a work for all of us to do. The final exhortation uh, comes in verse 30. Again, I would exhort you that you would come unto Christ and lay hold upon every good gift. Touch not the evil gift nor the unclean thing. And then he clarifies in verse 32 what he means by coming unto Christ. And I love this definition. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him. I have spent a lot of time thinking about those last two letters in that word. The invitation in verse 32 is not to be perfect in Christ. That comes later at the end of verse 32, where we are perfect in Christ. The invitation is to come unto Christ and be perfected in him and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if you deny yourselves of all ungodliness and love God with your might and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you that by his grace, you may be perfect in Christ. I love the idea. I've been fascinated with it. We, we had this, this uh, new curriculum study tonight or implementation meeting for our ward where we all got together and we kind of counseled. This is the entire ward about uh, the new home and family curriculum and what that looks like. And as I was studying and preparing for this meeting, I was reading the page in the manual that no one ever reads. You know, the very first page that y'all skip over so that you can get to the lessons. The first page after the table of contents in this new curriculum is conversion is our goal. And it just says clearly, the aim of all gospel learning and teaching is to deepen our conversion and help us become more like Jesus Christ. For this reason, when we study the gospel, we're not just looking for new information. We want to become a new creature. This means relying on Christ to change our hearts, our views, our actions, and our very natures. I love that the Book of Mormon is not about information only. It is not about gaining a knowledge or even a, necessarily a spiritual conviction of Christ and his gospel. Those are important, but that's not the end. The goal of the Book of Mormon is to bring men to Christ and to help us change. It's to help men and women behave differently, think differently, feel differently, and become perfected in him so that one day we will be sanctified and be perfect because of his actions in changing us. I love 
that exhortation. Come to Christ and he'll perfect you. He'll make you whole. And I love that that's the first page of that manual. Because isn't that kind of where I think I always go back to is, and I need to go back to in my own brain often is, wait, why am I doing this again? And that's the why. That's the why of gospel study. And that's the why of the Book of Mormon is it's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's a testament of him and who he is. And we're just trying to try out this promise from Moroni, try out these exhortations and see and feel and hopefully know that these things that he's offering to us really do happen. Okay, so question for you then is, what's your final exhortation after 50 episodes? What's your what's your takeaway? What's your final thoughts, your feelings? What's your emboldening, empowering, cheering final message? Well, I don't know if you could explain it as all of those things you just <laughs> said. That puts a lot of pressure on me here. But um, I do think that... Um, something I've thought a lot about in as recording, we're kind of like, sometimes I've thought like, oh great, it's kind of the same thing again. We're talking about Jesus again. <laughs> and then it's like, oh wait, these are prophets. These are men. Another testament of Jesus Christ. That's the point of all this, right? Um, so just that of, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him and coming to know who he is and feeling of his love and mercy who he connects us to God and connects us to the, the greater powers of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And we get to read this book all about Jesus Christ that just gives us our why, that why of conversion, because we find out so many wonderful things about our creator and who we are and our potential and just how good things can be when we have Jesus Christ as our mediary, as our intercessory. Intercessor. Intercessor. <laughs> um, and I'm just so, so grateful for that. So I would love to hear, hear what yours is. Well, mine is this week, as I said, I've been just wrestling with the, the Book of Mormon. I, I, sometimes I think that those that critique the Book of Mormon or the gospel of Jesus Christ, and those who believe in the teachings of Christ or believe even in the person of Jesus Christ, they critique it based on an informational basis. Meaning, they will say to those that believe in the Book of Mormon, well, you just don't know. If you knew this about the translation process, or if you knew this about Joseph Smith, or you knew this about the time period that he was translating, and if you knew this about higher biblical criticism, if you knew this about the text of the book, if you knew that, then you, like me, would not believe these claims. You, like me, would have a higher view, a more scientific understanding that something like the Book of Mormon and the claims that go along with it just can't be true. It's not provable. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, furious is the wrong word. I'm, I'm fired up as I've studied the Book of Mormon for this podcast, and I, as I've studied it in preparation, I have a newfound fire for the Book of Mormon. And it's not because I'm ignorant of all of the arguments or the critiques of the Book of Mormon. And it's not that way for you. 
We believe the Book of Mormon because of what it makes us think, what it makes us feel, and what it, what it helps us to do. We choose to believe that this book comes from God because not of the physical evidence, but the spiritual evidence that's been born in our hearts and in our souls. This book has changed my life like no other book on the earth. This book saved me and it saved my family. And so I, I will line up with the Book of Mormon. I will line up with prophets and apostles um, and bear my witness that this book comes from God. It comes in the way that Joseph said it did because no pure water can come from an unclean fountain. And so this book is in very essence what it says it is. And that's my, that's my encouragement. I know it's true and you know it's true too. If you've studied it and you felt it, you have felt God testify to your heart that this book comes from him and that he wants you with him always. You guys, thank you for studying with us. Wow, we are, this has just been so fun for us and very uplifting and wonderful. Thank you for being a part of this. We will be back in the new year and maybe even a couple times or once or twice in between with maybe some updates. So please, like Zach said earlier, subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates. Our plan is to have our first episode ready to go on January 1st so that you can be ready um, and study with us for the first Sunday in the new Come Follow Me curriculum. And we'll be posting just like we've been doing every Monday morning to get you um, ready and excited for the week of study with your families. So thank you for being a part of the Scripture Study Project. We look forward to season two.